0: Letter 30, Part 1, of Pamela, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Eaton. Pamela, Volume 2, by Samuel Richardson. Letter 30, Part 1. Thursday morning, 6 o'clock. Our breakfast conversation yesterday at which only mrs warden my lady's woman and my polly attended was so whimsically particular though i doubt some of it at least will appear too trifling that i must acquaint my dear miss darnford with it who is desirous of knowing all that relates to lady Davis's conduct towards me you must know then i have the honour to stand very high in the graces of lord Davis who on every occasion is pleased to call me his good sister his dear sister and sometimes his charming sister and he says he will not be out of my company for an hour together while he stays here if he can help it my lady seems to relish this very well in the main though she cannot quite so readily yet frame her mouth to the sound of the word sister as my lord does of which this that follows is one instance his lordship had called me by that tender name twice before and saying i will drink another dish i think my good sister my lady said your lordship has got a word by the end that you seem mighty fond of i have taken notice that you have called pamela sister 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 no less than three times in a quarter of an hour my lord looked a little serious i shall one day said he be allowed to choose my own words and phrases i hope your sister mr b added he often questions whether i am at age or not though the house of peers made no scruple of admitting me among them some years ago mr b said severely but with a smiling air tis well she has such a gentleman as your lordship for a husband whose affectionate indulgence to her makes you overlook all her saucy sallies i am sure when you took her out of our family into your own we all thought ourselves i in particular bound to pray for you i thought this a great trial of my lady's patience but it was from mr b and she said with a half-pleasant half-serious air how now confidence none but my brother could have said this whose violent spirit was always much more intolerable than mine but i can tell you mr b i was always thought very good-humoured and obliging to everybody till your impudence came from college and from your travels and then i own your provoking ways made me now and then a little out of the way well well sister we'll have no more of this subject only let us see that my lord davers wants not his proper authority with you although you used to keep me in awe formerly keep you in awe that nobody could ever do yet boy or man but my lord i beg your pardon for this brother will make mischief betwixt us if he can i only took notice of the word sister so often used which looked more like affectation than affection perhaps lady davers said my lord gravely i have two reasons for using the word so frequently i'd be glad to hear them said the dear taunting lady for i don't doubt they're mighty good ones what are they my lord one is because i love and am fond of my new relation the other that you are so sparing of the word that i call her so for us both your lordship says well replied mr b smiling and lady davers can give two reasons why she does not well said my lady now we are in for it let us hear your two reasons likewise i doubt not they're wise ones too if they are yours lady davers they must be so one is that every condescension to speak in a proud lady's dialect, comes with as much difficulty from her as a favour from the House of Austria to the petty princes of Germany. The second, because those of your sex, excuse me, madam, to the Countess, who have once made scruples, think it inconsistent with themselves to be over-hasty to alter their own conduct, choosing rather to persist in an error than own it to be one. This proceeded from his impatience, to see me in the least slighted by my lady. And I said to Lord Davis, to soften matters, Never, my lord, were brother and sister so loving in earnest, and yet so satirical, upon each other in jest, as my good lady and Mr. B., but your lordship knows their way. My lady frowned at her brother, but turned it off with an air. I love the mistress of this house, said she, very well, and am quite reconciled to her but methinks there is such a hissing sound in the word sister that i cannot abide it tis a true english word but a word i have not been used to having never had a sister before as you know speaking the first syllable of the word with an emphatical hiss mr b said observe you not lady davers that you used a word to avoid that which had twice the hissing in it that sister has and that was mistress with two other hissing sounds to accompany it of this house but to what childish follies does not pride make one stoop excuse madam to the countess such poor low conversation as we are dwindled into oh sir said her ladyship the conversation is very agreeable and i think lady davers you're fairly caught well said my lady then help me good sister there's for you to a little sugar will that please you sir i am always pleased replied her brother smiling when lady davers acts up to her own character and the good sense she is mistress of ay ay my good brother like other wise men takes it for granted that it is a mark of good sense to approve of whatever he does and so for this one time i am a very sensible body with him and i'll leave off while i have his good word only one thing i must say to you my dear turning to me that though i call you pamela as i please be assured i love you as well as if i called you sister as lord davis does at every word "'Your ladyship gives me great pleasure,' said I, in this kind assurance, "'and I don't doubt but I shall have the honour of being called by that tender name, "'if I can be so happy as to deserve it, "'and I'll lose no opportunity that shall be afforded me "'to show how sincerely I will endeavour to do so.' She was pleased to rise from her seat. "'Give me a kiss, my dear girl. "'You deserve everything, and permit me to say Pamela sometimes as the word occurs, "'for I am not used to speak in print.' and i will call you sister when i think of it and love you as well as ever sister loved another these proud and passionate folks said mr b how good they can be when they reflect a little on what becomes their characters so then rejoined my lady i am to have no merit of my own i see do what i will this is not quite so generous in my brother as one might expect why you saucy sister excuse me lord Davis, what merit would you assume can people merit by doing their duty and is it so great a praise that you think fit to own for a sister so deserving a girl as this whom i take pride in calling my wife thou art what thou always wert returned my lady and were i in this my imputed pride to want an excuse i know not the creature living that ought so soon to make one for me as you i do excuse you said he for that very reason if you please but it little becomes either your pride or mine to do anything that wants excuse mighty moral mighty grave truly pamela friend sister There's for you thou art a happy girl to have made such a reformation in thy honest man's way of thinking as well as acting but now we are upon this topic and only friends about us i am resolved to be even with thee brother jacky if you are not for another dish i wish you'd withdraw polly barlow we don't want you beck you may stay mr h obeyed and polly went out for you must know miss that my lady davers will have none of the men fellows as she calls them to attend upon us at tea and i cannot say but i think her entirely in the right for several reasons that might be given when they were withdrawn my lady repeated now we are upon this topic of reclaiming and reformation tell me thou bold wretch for you know i have seen all your rogueries in pamela's papers tell me if ever rake but thyself made such an attempt as thou didst on this dear good girl in presence of a virtuous woman as mrs jervis was always noted to be as to the other vile creature dukes tis less wonder although in that thou hadst the impudence of him who set thee to work but to make thy attempt before mrs jervis and in spite of her struggles and reproaches was the very stretch of shameless wickedness mr b seemed a little disconcerted and said surely lady davers this is going too far look at pamela's blushing face and downcast eye and wonder at yourself for this question as much as you do at me for the action you speak of the countess said to me my dear Mrs. B., I wonder not at this sweet confusion on so affecting a question, but indeed, since it is come in so naturally, I must say, Mr. B., that we have all, and my daughters too, wondered at this, more than at any part of your attempts, because, sir, we thought you one of the most civilised men in England, and that you could not but wish to have saved appearances at least. Though this is to you, my Pamela, the renewal of griefs, yet hold up your dear face. You may, the triumph was yours, the shame and the blushes ought to be mine, and I will humour my saucy sister in all she would have me say. Nay, said Lady Davers, you know the question. I cannot put it stronger. That's very true, replied he, but would you expect I should give you a reason for an attempt that appears to you so very shocking? Nay, sir, said the Countess don't say appears to lady davis for excuse me it will appear so to every one who hears of it i think my brother is too hardly used said lord davis he has made all the amends he could make and you my sister who were the person offended forgive him now i hope don't you i could not answer for i was quite confounded and made a motion to withdraw but mr b said don't go my dear though I ought to be ashamed of an action set before me in so full a glare in presence of Lord Davis and the Countess, yet I will not have you stir because I forget how you represented it, and you must tell me. Indeed, sir, I cannot, said I. Pray, my dear ladies, pray, my good Lord and dear sir, don't thus renew my griefs, as you were pleased justly to phrase it. I have the representation of that scene in my pocket, said my lady, for I was resolved, as I told Lady Betty, TO SHAME THE WICKED WRETCH WITH IT, THE FIRST OPPORTUNITY, AND I'LL READ IT TO YOU, OR RATHER, YOU SHALL READ IT YOURSELF, BOLD FACE IF YOU CAN. SO SHE PULLED THOSE LEAVES OUT OF HER POCKET, WRAPPED UP CAREFULLY IN A PAPER. HERE, I BELIEVE HE, WHO COULD ACT THUS, MUST READ IT, AND TO SPARE PAMELA'S CONFUSION, READ IT TO YOURSELF, FOR WE ALL KNOW HOW IT WAS. I THINK, SAID HE taking the papers i can say something to abate the heinousness of this heavy charge or else i should not stand thus at the insolent bar of my sister answering her interrogatories i send you my dear miss darnford a transcript of the charge to be sure you'll say he was a very wicked man mr b read it to himself and said this is a dark affair as here stated and i can't say but pamela and mrs jervis too had great reason to apprehend the worst but surely readers of it who were less parties in the supposed attempt and not determined at all events to condemn me might have made a more favourable construction for me than you lady davis have done in the strong light in which you have set this heinous matter before us however since my lady bowing to the countess and lord davis seem to expect me particularly to answer this black charge i will at a proper time if agreeable give you a brief history of my passion for this dear girl how it commenced and increased and my own struggles with it and this will introduce with some little advantage to myself perhaps what i have to say as to this supposed attempt and at the same time enable you the better to account for some facts which you have read in my pretty accuser's papers this pleased every one and they begged him to begin then but he said it was time we should think of dressing the morning being far advanced and if no company came in he would in the afternoon give them the particulars they desired to hear the three gentlemen rode out and returned to dress before dinner my lady and the countess also took an airing in the chariot just as they returned compliments came from several of the neighbouring ladies to our noble guests on their arrival in these parts and two as many as sent lady Davis desired their companies for to-morrow afternoon to tea but mr b having fallen in with some of the gentlemen likewise he told me we should have most of our visiting neighbours at dinner and desired mrs jervis might prepare accordingly for them after dinner mr h took a ride out attended by mr colbrand of whom he is very fond ever since he frightened lady davers footmen at the hall threatening to chine them if they offered to stop his lady, for he says he loves a man of courage, very probably knowing his own defects that way, for my lady often calls him a chicken-hearted fellow. And then Lord and Lady Davers and the Countess revived the subject of the morning, and Mr. B was pleased to begin in the manner I shall mention by and by, for here I am obliged to break off. End of letter thirty, part one.